Hey, this is LOA Today, the Law of Attraction show. Welcome to LOA Today. My name is Walt Thiessen. And today is Tuesday, March 19, 2013. Listeners may remember that we had David Bennett on the show twice so far. Well, it turns out that David is not the only interesting published author in the family. Cindy Griffith Bennett is the author of the soon-to-be-released book Soul Soothers, Mini Meditations for Busy Lives. Cindy is a professional psychic and spiritual counselor who helps her clients remove blockages by intuitively focusing on their strengths, allowing them to move forward and achieve what they want in life. And she's here today to tell us about her book and about her insights and experiences that come from practicing her craft. So, Cindy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Walt and Louise. It's fun to have somebody uh, from the same family. <laughs> it's an interesting household, that's for sure. I can well imagine. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> So you're a professional psychic. What exactly does a professional psychic do? I mean, we, we've seen people like, you know, John Edward on TV and that kind of thing. But uh, in, in more private realms, what exactly does a, a professional psychic do? Well, the laundry, the dishes. <laughs> um, <laughs> really? You could do that real, with just a thought? Cool. We're real people, too. No, I guess not. But, um, well, actually, I have a, a business. I do a lot of my work over the phone. Um, but I help people to, as you said in your introduction, get through their blocks. I do the regular fortune telling. It's not my favorite thing. Um, but more what I, what I enjoy doing is helping people with their spiritual growth. Using my intuition, a lot of times I'm able to help them, uh, get through things that maybe, you know, in traditional therapy or, or, or taking classes might take a lot longer. Um, I can look at their energy to see how they're doing energetically, their shock system and such, but also uh, just look at them emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, and help them uh, help guide them on their way. Well, this is actually rather fortuitous because Louise also has a background um, as a therapist. She worked for some 10 or 12 years helping uh, in a family therapy type situation. So from the non-psychic perspective, shall we say. So we have both the the psychic and the non-psychic perspective on helping people. Well, and a lot of times I'm a big big proponent for therapy. It's something that I recommend quite a bit to my clients because, you know, it's just sometimes it's hard to go on your own. And a traditional therapist... Um, can be a great assistance to people that are are uh, working on their spiritual path. There's there's a very often breakthroughs that can happen in therapy that can't happen on our own. Yeah, that's true. very true. Yeah, Cindy, how old were you when you um, realized you had psychic abilities? Well, you know, I think I was psychic as a child, but. Um, I don't have a lot of memory of my childhood, but I think I was psychic as a child. But then um, in my late 20s, I started, I, I had broken up with the same boyfriend for the 20th time. You know that, that <laughs> funny story. And I went to what was then called a head shop. They're coming back into favor, I guess, but uh, for a while they had to be called boutiques. And I got a deck of cards and I was just playing. And um, it was just something to do. And I taught myself, and, and it was about maybe late, 
you know, 28, 29, I started realizing uh, that, wow, there's something here. I was an atheist up until then. So it was a little bit of a shock. And, and I'm still surprised I didn't get hit by lightning at that time <laughs> because I was quite a staunch atheist. And I realized that there must be something else. And that that uh, started me on my spiritual journey. So uh, I'm 50. I'll be 52 this year. So about uh, uh, 22, 23 years ago. When you see a deck of cards, was this tarot cards? Yes, a deck of tarot cards. And had you ever uh, touched or played with tarot before? My sister had tarot cards, um, and I played with them, but that was very young, and there was not really a connection. My grandfather was, he would have psychic dreams, um, and we all knew the stories. But when I picked up the, the deck of tarot cards, it had nothing to do with that. Like, that was not what was a driving force. You just answered my next question, which was, is there anybody else in your family um, yes, history? Um, yeah, my grandfather actually uh, thwarted a bank uh, uh, a robbery. He tried to thwart a bank robbery, and they thought that he was in on it because he went to the police and said they were going to do blah, blah, and they did exactly that. <laughs> um, but um, he, uh, he also found his uh, father... Um, uh, when he was ready to pass, he took his mother uh, through a dream. He had seen how to get to his father. Um, he, he was not close. He did not know where his father was at that time. And this was he was still a young man. Uh, took him on the ferry, took the mother on the ferry and was able to find the father before he passed. So um, there's a lot of uh, mystery and interesting things around my grandfather um, and his intuitive ability. That's interesting. Now, how did you come about the. Uh to, to the point where you decided to write your book, Soul Soothers? Well, you know, that's that was an interesting journey. I tried to write it a long time ago. I tried to call it um, I Can't Believe I'm Meditating, which turns out there's a whole bunch of I Can't Believe I'm blah blahing uh, books out there. So, um, and, and it was just too soon. Um, I ended up going to school for my master's degree, which I'm almost done. And that gave me really the writing skills to be able to write it well. And when Dave published his book, um, I knew that that was a wonderful door opener for me. And, uh, so I put it out there, but soul soothers came around because I can't, uh, I don't want to say I can't. I don't have a lot of patience to be able to sit around in a traditional meditation practice. I get there and I get bored after, you know, five minutes. So um, this came out of necessity of being able to find short, uh, doable meditations that I can do without having to, you know, sit on a whoopee cushion with incense choking. <laughs> I didn't realize the whoopee cushions were an essential ingredient in meditation. Well, you know that cushion. Uh, it has a funny name. I can't think of it. But, you know, that cushion that you see that looks terribly uncomfortable. Whose bottom is really that small? You know, and... Um, it's just not my view of, of uh, comfortable meditation, whereas I love, you know, being able to do a breathing meditation as I'm walking from my car into the store or uh, um, uh, doing an observation medicine, wait, uh, meditation, waiting. It's kind of like a medicine, uh, waiting for someone at the mall. You know, there's there's wonderful ways that we can we can give that our bodies and our minds and our souls that that relaxation and that that mindful awareness without sitting in a you know sitting on a, on that silly little cushion. And getting back to the very most basic question, why meditate? 
Well, you know, the advantages are are huge. There are physiological advantages as far as lowering blood pressure, increasing endorphins, you know, all of these things that are good for us physically. Um, uh, Releasing some of those stress hormones or getting rid of some of those stress hormones. But then mentally, it helps us develop mindfulness. It helps us to clear our mind. It helps us to, well, you never clear your mind totally, but it helps us to get rid of some of that monkey chatter. It helps us to be aware of when we're uh, self-sabotaging. It helps us to understand the difference between our inner voice that is maybe our, you know, from our mother or our past or our upbringing and that determining between that and our spiritual voice or our inner, inner wisdom guide. Um, and then spiritually, you know, my thesis is, is looking at the mystics and what they recommend for spiritual maturity and, and, uh, meditation is top on their list of what helps us mature spiritually. Two questions. Well, one comment and one question. I'm glad to hear you say we don't clear our minds completely because so many of the meditative practices or people you talk to say clear your mind. And I'm like, that's always thwarted me because my mind is always active. Yes, I can calm it down, but how do you keep it from having any thoughts run across your head? I think you have to be dead for that to occur. (laughs) So I'm glad to hear you say that you don't do it completely. And the other thing, the question is, where did you find a graduate program that would um, allow you to do your thesis on this topic? Well, you know, um, Empire State College in, in New York, it's a state school. You can be a part of this program even if you do not live in the state, but as you know, it's a little bit more expensive. It's a school that ba- – it's a it's – a, um, a non-campus based school. Mm-hmm. So it is done all through um, online and it's mostly research. You have to be very dedicated mm-hmm. and very self-disciplined to do this school. But it's based on the theory of interdisciplinary study where you can uh, look at a, a subject. My subject was consciousness development. But look at it through different lenses. My lenses were cultural anthropology, which was basically mythology and folklore, psychology, and then religion. I got my bachelor's through that school as well in spiritual counseling and healing. In the bachelor's, they allow you to use... um, uh, life credits. And so I got quite a few life credits, um, especially for a four-year healing school that I attended in Charlottesville, uh, Virginia. Ah, not far from where we are. Oh. We're, we're about an hour away. Oh, I love that area. <laughs> um, now, when you were talking about the benefits of meditation, you mentioned mindfulness. Talk about mindfulness for a moment. Well, how many? how much time do we spend looking for our keys? How much time do we spend walking into a room, especially as we get older, and can't remember why the heck we got there? You know, this is all lack of mindfulness. Mindfulness is, is single focus. Um, mindfulness allows us to be in the now, to be in the moment. And so when we're being mindful, we're aware of our actions, we're aware of our thoughts, we're aware of our physicalness. It's, it's when we are living in what I would call a holistic 
uh, body, mind, and spirit experience. So when we are mindful, uh, we are aware of our actions so that when we do go looking for our keys, we can remember where we put them. I was just listening to an NPR um, thing, a radio show, and the gentleman, the question was asked of, can we get our memory better? And he, in a very scientific way, said, yes, through mindfulness. He didn't use those words. (laughs) But he said through being present when we are actually doing our activities. And uh, I thought it was interesting. You know, finally, the mainstream is coming to understand the uh, importance and the significance of, of this mindful action living. Mindful action living. That almost sounds like it should be an acronym. Yeah. <laughs> well... No, that'd be mal. I don't know if that yeah, works. That doesn't quite work. No, we need like a fourth letter to to like offset the mal or something. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, maybe stick an e in there, and then it could be meal. You know. <laughs> um, is this something you do as a regular part of you know the way you live? Is this? I'm trying to think of how to say this. Has this replaced? Your non-mindfulness, do you live this way 24-7 except when you're asleep? Absolutely not. I do the best I can. And that's one of the things in Soul Soothers that I really try to put forth is that we're not gurus. We're not, you know, these high, well, my husband's mindful, so, you know, you've met him. (laughs) He may be able to do it the majority period of the time. But most of us are, are human beings, and um, we, we, we can't. We do the best we can. And so I do um, use uh, prayer and, and meditation throughout my day. I, I try to do it as much as I can. But, you know, I'm human. And so, no, do I live it all the time? No, I would love to say I do, but I have to be honest. Well, being honest is good. That's actually yes. part of this one of the first few steps to enlightenment, I think. I mean, I could yes, be wrong about that, but, you know, <laughs> I, I keep seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, so I assume that must be one, part of the path, you know. <laughs> well, and, and judgment isn't going to get us anywhere. No. And so if we judge where we are and we say, oh, I should be better, there's one thing of saying, oh, I'd like to continue to work on betterment, you know, self-betterment. That's one thing, and that's very important. But to to uh, be judging yourself about where you are is, is a waste of time because it's, it's putting us in the wrong headspace. And boy, have I wasted a lot of time in my life. Now, well, yeah, haven't we all? Haven't we all? <laughs> uh, give us a taste of the book. What? Give us an idea of uh, what some of these mini meditations are that you've come up with. Well, one of them, very simply, is the breathing meditation. There's a couple different forms of breathing meditation, but one is called sensation. And that's simply as you're breathing in and out your nose or your mouth uh, to sense the, 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 the sensation of, of that process. And, and if you can just focus on that, and when thoughts come, like we talked to before, Louise, when thoughts come, we just say, oh, that's a thought. Well, back to my breathing and, and sensing the, the sensation of the breath coming in and out of my nose. So um, if you can do that just for maybe 30 seconds or so, you'd be surprised at how calm and how much that brings you more into a centered space. Um, and you can the thing with these meditations is the majority of them you can do without looking funny because we all have to breathe. So you could be sitting at your desk, you could be uh, getting ready for a meeting, and just taking 30 seconds without anybody knowing that you're doing a meditation to just sense the breath coming in and out of your nose. You may look more relaxed than your neighbor, but you're not going to look much different. 
Do you aim I, to try to do uh, meditations a certain number of times a day, or is it just you know ad hoc or whatever? Ad hoc. So uh, the book gives, uh, oh, I don't know, probably 20 meditations. I should count them so I'm more more uh, clear on that. But <laughs> well, well, you'll about, have practice. <laughs> about 20 meditations. Um, and um, uh, you can add up to a half an hour a day. For example, another meditation is, is very simply done. And a lot of it's done with sensation, this one as well, is when you're walking uh, from your car to work or walking from uh, the store back to your car, who is not going to give me what I need. Your energy is into the future. But if we're doing a walking meditation as we're walking to the store, having to deal with that customer service person, our energy is with us now and we are, are in the present. We have everything we need and we will, I promise you, be better at coping with the obnoxious customer service person um, because we've spent that time to bring our energy to us into the present moment. And, and it may even turn out that they are not so obnoxious after all because you're in a good frame of mind. Exactly. And that's another meditation. See, you're just working with me right here, Walt. Cool, cool. Um, <laughs> another meditation. I'm better at this than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> another meditation that I, I, I recommend is the attitude uh, adjuster. Now, um, this comes from, you know, saying I'm in the wrong headspace. So let's say I, I, I blew my walking meditation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not centered and I get into the store and I realize that I'm annoyed. Well, whatever energy you're at is the energy you're going to present to the situation. And so you say to yourself, hopefully, before you get into it, annoyed is not really the right energy that I want to present. I'd rather be cooperative. And so the attitude um, adjuster you can do while you're waiting in line because don't you know, you always have to wait in line for the customer service person. And you say, okay, how am I feeling now? And you sense that annoyed vibration. And then you just imagine or pretend if you have to, imagine that you are in a situation that's very cooperative. What does that feel like? What does being cooperative feel like? And then you see a dial in your mind's eye and you take that dial and you feel yourself going from annoyed and you switch the dial just like turning the, the heat down on the stove to cooperation. And you feel yourself expressing that cooperation and that vibration and you hold that vibration of cooperation as you go into your conversation. Can I tell you that I do wonderful at customer service and getting what I want? <laughs> as mm -hmm. long as you don't go with manipulation because, you know, what you're really vibrating on comes through. So if you go in with a manipulative uh, uh, vibration, you're not going to get very far. So, But, but taking that cooperation vibration uh, through the attitude adjusting, and do you need the dial? No, you don't need the dial. But but it gives you this ability to um, shift. And what is it? It's mindful awareness of where your energy is. So so in the big picture, 99% of, of meditation uh, that I, I recommend is really getting you to be more mindful of, of where you are, how you're doing, and, and what energy you're vibrating at. Sounds familiar. We're big proponents of... Um positive mindset and that if you want to have good things happen you have to have a positive attitude and I have about a half an hour ride to work each day and it's this I go the same route and my mind drifts frequently but I try and use at least part of that time to be aware of what I'm thinking and when my mind drifts to 
negative thoughts or you know, thinking of a situation that doesn't really exist but gets me upset or angry or frustrated. I try and use that time to pull myself back. So by the time I get to work and I open the truck door and I get out, I'm in a better frame of mind or I'm in a positive frame of mind so that when I walk in to a situation where as a substitute I never know what room I'm going to be in so I never know which teacher I'm going to be working with, which kids. Um, you know, I can't really plan. I have to be in the present when I walk in um, that I can do a better job at it. Well, one of the things that I want another... Boy, you guys are just working so good with me here. Another <laughs> meditation uh, technique that I find was very helpful. Well, there's two that, that I thought of while you were speaking. One, and one is the bell meditation. And, and you know, it would be lovely if we could afford to hire a, a Buddhist monk to come behind us and every couple times in the day just <laughs> ring a bell, you know. But that's not realistic. So one of the things that I suggest um, in, in the book is that you find things in your life that you know that you're going to do a few times a day. Now, you said open the truck door. Well, the one, one of the ones that I use actually in the book is opening the car door and say, that's my bell. And every time I open the car door, I am going to say, how am I physically? How am I mentally? Where's my thoughts? How, what vibration am I vibrating at? And so that uh, because we don't have that that bell going on, you know, literally behind us with the little guy walking behind us, we can create our own. Another might be um, if you don't if you're not a, a phone receptionist, obviously might be the ringing of the phone that you hear the ring of the phone. You take a breath because the phone will keep ringing um, and you just do a, a, a two second really check in where you are and um and then go and answer the phone you can uh they even have matter of fact dave found one he's the techno geek in our family found an app for his phone <laughs> oh, wow. would have a bell and every once in a while the bell would just go off so That's so wild. you know there, there's good things with modern technology it's not all you know you know bad but um, so, so the bell meditation is one that, that I find maybe if, if you have an issue with eating, it's every time you open the refrigerator door or every time you walk into the kitchen. Um, every time a child, you know, says mom, you know, maybe that's where you just take a second and then you answer the child. So, so using this, this, a uh, real life bell. Is, is, is a perfect example of how I feel that you do not need to have, I mean, granted, a sitting meditation practice is wonderful. And if you can achieve that, God bless, you know. But if you can't, or if you're not ready yet, these techniques that are in Soul Soothers are a phenomenal uh, practice uh, to get there. The second one I was thinking of was a mantra. And uh, while you're driving, you can be uh, doing a mantra uh, uh, for not the whole half hour, obviously, but uh, you can use a mantra. A mantra is simply a word or phrase that has a vibration that you want to uh, achieve, like gratitude with um, law of attraction. Gosh knows, gratitude's a big one. Mm. Uh, I am grateful. I am grateful. I am grateful. Yeah, absolutely true. The um thought that comes to my mind as you're, you're going through all this is this definitely is not your t traditional 
uh, meditation technique. I mean, traditional meditation is very quiet. Not, you remove all the distractions. This is doing meditating while the distractions are going on and, and not almost competing with what you're doing. And, and that's well, quite that's that's not something we normally associate with the word. Well, it does. The the, the point that I, one of the points that I make though is not to to multitask um, unless you have to. So when you're doing this breathing for a second, yes, you may be opening your door, but your focus is on your breathing. Now, you don't want to open your door into a busy highway. You know, there's yeah. times to make sense. But um, but that that's, uh, uh, the more we can eliminate multitasking um, in this busy world, the more productive we'll be. Um, if you, if you uh, have to wash dishes anyway, why not wash dishes totally focusing on, you know, kind of that wipe on, wipe off idea, totally focusing on the temperature of the water and the soap on your hands uh, instead of also worrying about what you have to do uh, or being resentful that nobody else is helping you with the dishes. So, yes, some of the meditations are are to be done while you're doing things. But then another uh, bunch of the meditations are, are really trying to get us to be in the moment, uh, such as that walking meditation. Yes, we're walking, but we're totally focusing on our walking. In uh, graduate school, one of the things they talked about, and um, I was very lucky to become quite proficient at, is calm in the midst of chaos. And I substitute in daycare and oftentimes in the infant room where there can be a lot of chaos as far (laughs) as other kids crying, people moving around, changing diapers, feeding, whatever. And I've been able to use the time when I'm sitting in the rocking chair feeding a baby a bottle to do sort of mini meditations in that I know if I'm calm and relaxed, that transfers to the child and they'll have a better experience of um, bottle feeding. So I'll get myself in a comfortable position with the baby and, you know, not rocking vigorously, but rocking slowly and practicing just breathing slowly and relaxing. And there can be utter chaos going on in the room that I know other people are attending to. I mean, I'm not ignoring the needs of the other kids at this time, but I can sort of take a step away from that and just be with myself and with that baby and be calm um, for whatever amount of time it takes for them to drink their bottle. Well, and that calm, Louise, is also going out into the whole entire room. So you're also contributing to helping those other teachers while you are doing your thing. Um, you're becoming a, a, a foci of... of calm, you know, relaxed. And and it's it can only help the rest of the room. Absolutely. Thank you. And it's true, too. I mean, the stories that she brings home reinforces that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's amazing. Once we start becoming aware of, once we start becoming mindful of, of how our energy affects other people, we then can, you can't control other people, but you can be a positive um, presence in this chaos and uh, dealing with difficult people is a, another meditation that I, I talk about and that is uh, going behind your eyeglasses. Uh, if you can imagine that, that you're wearing eyeglasses Walt, I see on your picture you do yeah. <laughs> if you're wearing eyeglasses or if not you can imagine sunglasses if you come across someone whose energy is intrusive or just yucky um, or, or, or even negative 
uh, we hope we don't have that, but if we do, uh, somebody's angry, for, for example, then instead of running away and saying, oh my gosh, they're going to spew their energy on me, if you go behind your glasses, what you're doing is you're, you're detaching from the situation. You don't want to live that way, but you're detaching from that situation. And so that your energy is not entwined with their energy as much. There's always going to be some but as much. And then you may find that you have better coping skills uh, and the ability to then re-center uh, uh, and deal with the situation. And so just by taking a moment behind your eyeglasses uh, is a great way to deal with people whose energy is affecting you. We are very much on the same wavelength because I got a chance to practice that last week with one of my coworkers who went on and on for, oh, 45 minutes, I think, complaining about this, that, and the other thing, and trying, I knew she needed to vent, but trying to not let my energy get mingled with hers. And after about 45 minutes, it was quiet for a minute, and I spoke to her, and I said, okay, I can't take any, in a nice way, I can't take any more of the negativity. We've got to find some positives. And and she didn't get upset. She didn't get angry. Um and we didn't make a major swing to positives, but we definitely, she was able to definitely tone way down the negativity. Well, I think some people don't realize it. But uh, one of the things that I do in that circumstance, but it may not be polite, is I say, well, what are you going to do about it? Yes. <laughs> and, and Probably something I would up. say. <laughs> They'll either shut up or go complain to somebody else, you know, or do something. God, God bless, yeah. you know, do something and uh, uh, shift the energy. Um, but it doesn't always work. And, and uh, you know, there's people that we love that tend to get in that headspace. And and uh, the only thing we can do is is to um, to be compassionate. But sometimes compassion is saying enough is enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, of course, it, it works the other way, too, doesn't it? The fact that uh, not only can you, in that sense, screen out negative emotions, but, but uh, as you said, by putting out the positive emotions, uh, those positive emotions, positive feelings, they can end up influencing other people in the room who are either in a, a negative or a neutral stance, and they, they might actually become more positive just for that moment in time. So while we can't control somebody else, we certainly do influence them. Absolutely. I mean, why do we go to a spa? Because the energy's good and we want to shift our energy, you know? Oh, we don't um, do it for the massage? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, that's, <laughs> but you don't need the massage. You know, you just go in and you sit there for a couple minutes, you know, because, okay, okay, you always have to wait a little bit. Um, you sit for a couple minutes and, and you start feeling that, that soothing, uh, if it's a good spa, that soothing vibration. So absolutely, uh, you know, we can go with, with, um, crowd, uh, uh, what do they call that mass thinking, you know, and, and get caught up in good or we can get caught up in the yuck. And, and I think we can choose when we're conscious and when we're aware of a vibration. I think we can even go into, you know, like, uh, Louise, you were talking about this, this person complaining. We can go into a difficult environment and we can hold our own. Yes. And in fact, it's also a reminder that for, for those times when we're in a negative viewpoint, a negative, uh, emotional, uh, tone, if you will, noticing how our, our own 
attitude rubs up rubs off on other people can be really educational and most of the time when we're in that negative frame of mind we don't do that but just noticing how other people are reacting to us can be a great indicator first of all of how we're feeling if we're out of touch and second of all it can be a reminder of wow if, if i can do that much with negative feeling imagine what i can do with positive feeling well and all the more re- reason to have a bell you know, a, a number of different bells during the day to help. I don't have to get a bell. That's all there is to it. I got to keep a bell by the desk here. I mean, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, or, or if you have a smartphone, get that app that Dave got. I don't know what it was called, but, it, <laughs> but it, it'll just do a bell every once in a while, you know? <laughs> well, I've been really fortunate um, with the working with the kids that more recently um, I've been in rooms with kids who are, present more difficulty in getting them to cooperate and it most of the time the teacher is very frustrated I walk in and the teacher's frazzled and I'm walking into yuck and it's trying to you know swim through it and find something and oftentimes I got sucked in but I'm finding that I can be in the midst of getting really angry at a child and something switches mm-hmm. and I'll stop myself and it's not even really conscious which I'm glad that it's happening unconsciously and look at the child and make a switch as far as getting them to laugh or realizing oh they're doing this acting out because they want something and they don't know how to ask for it and usually it's one-on-one time with the teacher and so because I'm a substitute I not if I'm not leading the room, I can take that time. So I'll say to the child, "Hey, you want to do something? Just you and I." And I'm, I think almost invariably they say yes. Right. And then we go do something, and that switches the whole relationship. In that the next time I walk in the room, it's Miss We. Miss they can't say the L, so it's Miss Wees. Miss Wees, can we do that puzzle again? Or will you come sit and draw with me? And if I spend some time with them, then if I come in and I see them misbehaving, generally I don't even have to say anything. All I have to do is look at them. And I've gained their respect, so they want to please me in a good way. Mm-hmm. So they'll, at least while I'm in the room, they'll stop the negative acting out. Well, one of the things that I find is helpful when you know a situation uh, is going to be tricky I guess that's a good way to put it. Well, you know a situation is going to be tricky is to uh, use a different meditation, also out of Soul Soothers, called the Blessing Meditation. But you can bless people in real time, but you can also bless the future and you can bless the past. So let's say you're driving in your truck and you know you have a half an hour. Um, Imagine or feel in, in your heart a very loving situation, one that doesn't have a lot of issues attached to it, you know, maybe uh, uh, the birth of a child or the getting a puppy or seeing a beautiful sunset, you know, whatever. So you get that loving feeling in your heart and you form it into a golden ball of light. Now, you can be doing this while you're driving. It's not distracting. But then imagining it go into the classroom that you're going to or go into the to the to the store that you have to deal with the customer service clerk um, and imagine that it's blessing the situation or blessing the space before you even get there 
Of course, we ask that if if it's if it's uh, it's seen as intrusive to any soul that's there, that it not you know have that effect or that it not not uh, influence that person particularly. But but we we can bless a situation or a space before we go in and and give it that love and that that you would give when you walk in through your own vibration. Okay, that's a, a description of blessing the future. But why bless the past? Well, because where do we spend a lot of our time? <laughs> yeah. Right? How many times? Trying to spend less and less, but. <laughs> right, right. But how many times do we obsess about something that we've done and, or that's been done to us? And, uh, that probably we had little control over either because we didn't have the conscious awareness we have today or because it wasn't in our control. So, you know, we can spend a lot of time there. And so if, when we find ourselves living in the past, uh, we can then uh, find uh, the ability to to send that loving light into the past, and then we when, next time we go visit there, it will have that loving energy. It also gives us something to do, similar to the negative friend. You know, what are you going to do about it? Well, you can't change the past per se, but you can instead of uh, obsessing about it, you can bless it and send that beautiful loving energy to it, and then very often that'll let you release the obsessing, at least for that moment in time. Of course, it may not release it forever, uh, but yeah, that's why I would suggest blessing the past. Do you find that that's actually quite effective on a regular basis? I find that if I have something to do, it will release the obsessing. Um, so exa- for example, if I have a client and they keep obsessing about a past breakup and it's done, there's nothing to do, I'll say, when you start thinking about that person, instead, let's get a different picture in your mind. Let's get something else. You can bless it, but a lot of times that, 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 to bring that loving feeling up with a past relationship, it just confuses the issue. So I'll say, why don't you think of something on your bucket list? What would you love to do? And, and get a picture of it so you can have a picture in your mind. And when you start obsessing about so and so, instead change the picture. Let's go to something positive that you see in the future that you can move forward to. Gee, we don't have any influence in our lives from the movies, do we? The bucket list. I know, right? <laughs> but it's so good. <laughs> that one just keeps popping up in conversations everywhere. I mean, it's amazing how much that, that one comes up. But it has had, a, a, in many ways, a very positive impact as people not only, like you say, uh, they, they're in need of finding ways to avoid focusing on the past, but focusing on a bucket list takes you off the past. I mean, if that's where you're stuck, you, you can't stay there very long by focusing on a bucket list. Well, yeah. And, and the other thing, though, that's important is we want to be in the now. So we don't want to necessarily be living in that bucket list future. But what we can do is we can have that image for enough time to break the bond with the past. Right. And then we might want to say, what are you going to do about it? Well, what would I need to do if I want to... Uh, uh, climb to Machu Picchu. Well, maybe that means joining a gym today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a requirement to go to Machu Picchu. <laughs> well, don't you think? <laughs> it's one of the reasons we haven't gone. I'm a little pudgy. And, and, I, I don't and, think they put that in the travel brochures. <laughs> yeah, I know. They should have, you know, and with your gym medicine. Yes, right. <laughs> that could be a, 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 a motivation for a gym. You know, if you, if you stay for a year, you get to go to Machu Picchu. <laughs> the Bali's Machu Picchu package. Yeah. 
So, but, but yeah, but I mean, the idea is that, that it's wonderful to think about the future. Um, and sometimes we need to do that to break from the past, but we really want to be in the present. Now, Soul Soothers, I would imagine, has come at least somewhat from your practice. And 100% from the practice. Oh, 100%. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe I wasn't all that far off then. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, what, what made you think that, um, Soul Soothers would work in your practice, and how did how has it worked out with your clients when you when you've actually tried it? Well, you know, I'm a teacher as well. I've been teaching metaphysics for 20 years, and I um, do a lot of adult education. And so I've taught the class in the form of I can't believe I'm meditating. I've taught the class a, a number of times, and and the reason I teach it is because when I try to teach traditional meditation uh, or introduction to meditation, people are like I can't do it. You know, it's <laughs> it's too much. I don't. I, I can't get up 15 minutes early. Or, or or I can't clear my mind of thoughts, you know. So um, so it, it's worked quite well, and in my life, it, it's a phenomenal success. Uh, so um, yeah, it works really well. But there are other parts of soul soothers besides the meditations. Each meditation uh, is accompanied with where to do it, you know, what are some suggestions, an example that shows how you can tweak the meditation because what works for me may not work for you. And so I show a way to tweak the meditation, but then it gives a spiritual lesson of why is the meditation needed, whether it's uh, lessons about the chakras, lessons about karma, mindfulness, you know, there's, there's uh, well, as many meditations, there's, there's spiritual lessons. And so um, the other thing that I find that is helpful in in keeping uh, any meditation practice, even one as simple as soul soothers, is to know why the heck am I doing it? You know, what are the what's the spiritual lesson? And and if you're working on a spiritual lesson, what might be a good meditation to to uh, implement into your life? For example, um, one of the spiritual lessons is about karma. And many people think of only as bad karma. Well, karma isn't good or bad. It's a balancing. If you're going too far to the left, karma will bring you to the right. If you're going too far to the right, karma will bring you to the left. Karma wants you to walk the middle road, which is is basically what's leading you to to a place where you can recognize the interconnectedness and 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 of all and and to live a you know a, a spiritually focused life. So so the lesson. The spiritual lesson is all about karma. Well, the meditation that goes along with it is called the review meditation, where you um, either at lunchtime or at night or, or, or if you're really good at it, again, using my husband, who's a uh, maybe not the most realistic example, he does this uh, review throughout the day. But to look at what you've done, an action that you've done, and said, do I am I happy with it? If you are, great. You know, give yourself a good pat on the back. But if not, um, see yourself redoing it in a way that you'd like to. So the example I use is a real-life example where I almost ran a nun off the road (laughs) from tailgating. That's an interesting karmic opportunity. Yes, yes. I thought I'm going to hell for sure. Um, So so in my review, I saw what could I have done differently. I could have um, pulled off the side of the road because there was no passing this woman in this Buick, uh, there was no passing the Buick. So, so I could have, I could have gone a different way. I could have just back, I could have been more mindful and backed off, you know, and just been more patient. 
Um, so I, I, in my review, I would do it. I would redo it. Well, I, I'm a slow learner. So about five years later, I finally <laughs> get it and I'm driving down the road and I can read this person's license plate. And if I can read your license plate, I am too close to your bumper. So that's, <laughs> that's my clue. So I backed off and, um, and, and I, I let this person in a Buick again go and, uh, and, and gave them space. But, but what really worked for me is I would imagine the person driving slow was my mother-in-law, who there is no way should be rushed because she was like, you know, 80 something years old. She shouldn't have been driving in the first place. So, so I would imagine her. And as the car turns, I notice it's, and this is a true story, it's a car full of nuns. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so five years later, I felt like I had been redeemed, but it was through this review meditation that I would do. I would see myself doing a situation better, and um, and I call it the karma eraser because I feel that uh, personally, I feel that if you get the message, you don't have to keep getting the karma associated with uh, the the uh, wrong action. That's kind of the way it tends to work out, isn't it? I, th- I feel so. And the other thing that I noticed there is that your your karma was in a sense multiplied. You started with one nun and ended up with a car full of nuns. Yeah. Well, how, I, how did you manage I, that? <laughs> I had a, a, a let's say I tailgated a number of people in the five years in between the first incident <laughs> and the last. So so I was quite familiar with that review meditation. <laughs> Lots of practice. They, they, they do say practice makes perfect. It sounds like you've proven it to be true. Well, and it's that issue of non judgment. That, uh, the quote I like to use is, I love myself, I'll do better next time. That's a good one. That's yeah. very good. Yeah, because that includes two very important pieces. First of all, not beating yourself up. And second of all, giving yourself a reason to believe that it'll work out better next time because you intend it. Well, you intend it, and also you are, are, um, rewriting your script by doing that review meditation. Mm, yeah. And that's what all this is really about, isn't it? But you, you alluded to it earlier about uh, how we're often in our minds listening to our parents rather than listening to what's going on in the present moment. And, and that's scripts. That's exactly what scripts are all about. It's not just parents. It's everything that goes on you know, as far back as we can remember. Yeah, know? absolutely. You, you're, you're you drive on a road often enough, you keep going, you know, and you have to rewrite it. Well, this is really an interesting book you put together. Soul Soothers is is... is Probably not the first book I would have ever thought of to to write or read, but there, there's a very large practicality to it. In that, uh, again, it's not your typical meditation. It's it's meditation on the go. It's almost like you're 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 slipping in a little meditation here and a little meditation there. Because, like you said, you're, you're not trying to, to multitask. You're trying to to break things up, so to speak. And about the only time that you're perhaps doing them together is when you're you're walking and you can pretty much walk and do something else at the same time anyway. Assuming you can chew, chew gum and walk. I mean, some people right. perhaps can't do that, but, you know. And you, and you have to be also, you have to pay attention that you're not walking into a car, you know. Yeah, that helps, yeah. Yeah. So uh, there are some multitasking. Check the crosswalks, check, check the stoplights, you know. But you're multitasking in the present moment. And I think that that's the key. You're multitasking in the present moment. Which actually gives you a little bit more... Uh, what's the word I want? Focus? No, not focus. That's not, oh, perspective. Mind- that, perspective, mindful, yeah. Mind- mindfulness, yeah. Actually, that, yeah. Uh, the word you brought up is really the, the best one because even though you're in the present moment, you're not precluded from seeing what's going on around you. In fact, it encourages it. Well, yes, and, and with the walking meditation, especially if you're walking in nature and such, um, this 
I have not had this happen to me, but it happens to Dave. And so I feel like, you know, I, I, it's like the relative, you know, you're only one step away. But yeah. that as you're, you're practicing your walking meditation and you start first focusing on your feet and then you're focusing on your breath and then you keep adding these, these focuses and then maybe on your heartbeat, what you will find is that your, your, your awareness, which is very focused and centered within yourself, starts to expand. And then you may find, so you go from this, Focusing down and to expansion out. And so the goal is then to be able to be in that mindful state and be aware of all that's around you with the clarity that you have when you are simply focusing on your uh, feet or your breath or your heart. A good thing to remember. Now, before we lose you here, you got to tell everybody where we can find you on the web and so forth. Well, there's a couple of different places. First of all, um, the book information is on uh, spiritualsimplicitybooks.com and that's with an S spiritualsimplicitybooks.com um, my psychic work is on uh, uh, I'm able to be found on psychicsupport.com uh, I twitter at tarot heels uh, and I have a Facebook page where I post mini meditations, affirmations, uh, and the daily tarot numerology, which is kind of fun. Um, that's called Cindy Griffith's Giving Back Page. All right. And I'll try to get as many of those onto uh, the uh, post where we put this podcast as possible so that people don't have to remember all that. They can click it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> Especially Cindy that Cindy Griffith's Giving Back Page. It's a mouthful. Yeah, that is a long one, yeah. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been very enlightening, and uh, I have to admit before today, I had never considered the possibility that you could actually meditate while doing other things, but uh, you've opened my eyes to something new. Well, and I hope that, that you try some of them, because we can add up to a half an hour or more, but uh, up to a half an hour of meditation into our day, and it can work along with a sitting meditation practice. This is not necessarily to say there is no value to that sitting meditation practice. There absolutely is. But but this can uh, either be a precursor to being able to do that, or it can be a wonderful accompaniment. And it also sounds like it's a supplement to uh, traditional meditation as well. Yes, it can be. But the the thing is to not negate the long-term traditional meditation you know that that we've all grown up with this is something that we can do when our in, until our life allows us that time and maybe that's when we're 90 years old i don't know <laughs> who knows well cindy thank you so much for joining us today it's been great oh thank you so much we'll see you all next time here on loa today goodbye everybody